Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Do you get your flu shot? What differentiates a pandemic from an epidemic that we hear about annually? And what can you really do to plan ahead? If you hear that there is a pandemic on the way, my guest is Dr. John Abramson. He's the chair of the Department of Pediatrics at Wake Forest University School of Medicine. He is also with the World Health Organization's Strategic Advisory Group of Experts on Immunizations. Welcome to the show, Dr. Abramson. So tell us, what is the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic that we hear about every, you know, couple times a year? Yeah, so in, in a yearly epidemic, about 10% of the population will get infected uh, with the influenza virus. And the virus, um, the influenza virus mutates and has genetic changes that are minor compared to previous years during an epidemic. In a pandemic, the virus has major mutations that are occurring, and very few, if anybody, has an uh, immunity to it. So during a pandemic, as many as 50% of the population may become infected with the virus. And so that's, that's the major difference between the uh, epidemic years and the pandemic year. So pandemic planning, is there a way to plan? And back when there was a pandemic in 2009, did people plan for it, do something? How effective was that? Yeah, we were actually were planning for uh, the next pandemic since about 1995 in the United States. And there's just no question that a pandemic will occur. The question is always when. And so sometimes there have been as much as 41 years between the last pandemic and, and the the next one, and that was the case in the 2009 pandemic. The last one had been in 1968, and sometimes it was only 11 years, like in 1957 uh, pandemic until the 1968 pandemic. And so it's important to plan for a pandemic. The, the biggest problem is that you have to, in all likelihood, create a whole new vaccine um, with a different virus than than you've been putting in for the epidemic years. And that takes a while. And even though we're getting better at creating those vaccines and we're getting them out faster, it still takes longer than uh, one would expect. So the initial 2009 pandemic, the first wave of it started in Mexico and went quickly into the United States in uh, late March and April. And then the second wave hit the United States in September and there still wasn't a uh, vaccine ready for it, even though they were making it and growing it up and, and manufacturing it. The actual vaccine for the 2009 pandemic didn't become uh, available until late October. Dr. Abramson, I remember standing in line when the H1N1 was going around and with my kids, and we stood in line at 6 in the morning to make sure we got the vaccine while it was still available. And yet I heard that adolescents and young adults had a higher rate of hospitalization and even death than the elderly who are usually the most susceptible to these kinds of issues. Why was that? Well, the reason for that is that the 2009 pandemic had um, similarities to the 1918 pandemic. And so seniors, those who were older, some of them um, had antibodies um, or immunity to the 1918 uh, pandemic. Because the, the 1918 pandemic 
that virus still stayed around years afterwards. Um, and so the fact that the elder, some of the elderly had immunity to it meant that they weren't going to get infected when they saw the virus, where none of the adolescents or young adults um, had immunity to it, and therefore a greater percentage of them got infected by the virus. So what have we learned now, and what do you want the public to know about, you know, planning for this, getting our immunizations, talking to our doctors, making sure we're getting the right vaccines at the right times? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, the important things to know are there There are ways you can protect yourself um, without a vaccine, and that includes um good hygiene, and when um, uh, uh, you are do get sick, there's actually medicines now, which there weren't in the 1950s um, and before. There are actually medicines now that you can take to um, treat treat the uh, flu. And that was true in 2009 uh, pandemic. There were something called Tamiflu or Cenamivir and, and another drug called Cenamivir, which uh, could be used to treat people who had underlying conditions that um, made them even at higher risk for getting serious complications or even dying from the 2009 pandemic. And so the, the, the recommendations for the use of those antivirals and, and, and other types of precautions were already available, and they had stockpiled a fair amount of the, uh, the antiviral drug in the United States. So unlike in developing worlds where there's there was almost no none of that drug. There was uh, some available in the developing countries. In the developed countries, sorry. Well, I remember I was one of those people that stockpiled a bit of Tamiflu. I, we got, you know, a prescription for it, and and probably still have it, although it's quite expired. But now, so what do we we know now? There are some medications. If you know, you can see your pediatrician or right. your family physician if you are coming down with these symptoms, and you have to have them right very quickly right but so what else would you like us there's hygiene there's our immunizations are the vaccines dr abramson up to date with what you're seeing virus wise well the problem with the pandemic is it's an absolutely new virus and therefore you almost never have a vaccine when the pandemic starts you never have a vaccine that's going to be useful against that virus so you have to quickly develop it and what's happened in the last um for the last pandemic is we now can grow the virus in other ways that um, we weren't able to before and also create a vaccine even without growing the virus using um, sort of DNA technology. And so we can get the vaccine out faster than we were before, but it isn't going to be during the first wave of the pandemic. And so yet you want to use the vaccine, you want people to get the vaccine, but those who were exposed during the first wave of the pandemic um, aren't going to have that capability no matter how good we get at growing it up faster or, or making the vaccine faster. The real hope is that, and people are working on this around uh, very much, there are many uh, uh, researchers who are working on creating a different type of flu vaccine that, that has broader protection and would also um, potentially be able to protect against a new uh, type virus. The ones that we use now, um, try to they try to match them at the beginning of a, a season with the, what they think is going to circulate as far as the virus is concerned. And um, 
usually successful. The overall success in an epidemic year of uh, flu vaccine is about 70% decrease in disease. But in a pandemic, if we can have a broader um, vaccine that that's made in a different way that would protect against even a new strain of the flu vaccine that's much different than the ones that have been currently circulating, that's the real um, hope. And if that, if, if that occurs, and people are working on those vaccines right now, then we will be able to get, get that vaccine very early and, and give it to people during the first one. Almost all pandemics go through at least two waves, and some have gone through actually three waves, where it comes in, it goes into a town, causes disease, and then comes, comes back months later, causes disease, and sometimes even a third time it comes back. And right now in the 2009 pandemic, we still have that um, occurring. We have that 2009 strain still causing disease four or five years later. Thank you so much. And you can get more information at the World Health Organization. And advanced planning, broader vaccines, that's what we're looking for. So keep listening to Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Good hygiene, all of that sort of thing. And thanks for listening and stay well. 